Welcome to Back Chat. I am your host, Jason. Uh, with me is, as always, our good friend, Paul. What's going on, Paul? Living the dream. The dream. Is, the it, dream. is it a nightmare dream? Is I mean, it... a nightmare is a kind of dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's the two kind of nightmares. There's like the monster chasing you nightmare, and then there's like got grandma dying nightmare. So I'm kind of in the nightmare chasing or the uh, the monster chasing me nightmare at this point. Not not quite at the scary grandma stage yet. Yeah, yeah, not quite. So here we are, uh, a week before last week of June. I think last time we talked was just at the was it April, right when things were in in their corona peak when before yeah. the. Before the civil unrest, before the yeah uh, everything, so it seems like you know the twenty twenty man. It just keeps the it keeps the ball rolling it's, on it's you. The, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, or it's the uh, you know the the guy at the dinner party who just keeps farting over and over again, and just <laughs> it's like, come on, twenty twenty, get over it. We yeah. we understand you're you're serious now. It's it's that one uncle who won't stop saying inappropriate <laughs> things at at uh, holiday gatherings. That's oh, what it is. that is that is so accurate. Actually, that that's like the perfect analogy. <laughs> it's like the drunken racist uncle who shows up at Christmas, <laughs> and uh, uh, so. What's happened since we last talked? I believe we last talked, and it was discussion about whether or not the league was going to make a comeback or not, what would happen. Uh, And and in the intervening time, first we had the announcement that the USL Board of Governors had had, uh, agreed to a season resumption on July 11th. Um, And I've been waiting to say this. It looks like they're rolling the dice on Seven Eleven to come back. Eh? Oh Lord! You see how I, I've been holding <laughs> on to that for so long. Rolling the dice on—I'm sure it looks better. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put that in. That'll be the caption for this episode. Um. So that was the first step. Um. I know you and I have been trying to get in touch to try to go over. Well, you know what was going on and at a point it seemed like we were getting updates every single day and it was like well why don't we wait till this happens why don't we wait till this yeah. happens and it seems like we've kind of gotten to a place where we're just waiting for the schedule the the first major hurdle was the players association uh yep. usl union signing off on it and uh, i'll be honest i really didn't think they would um Granted, they don't have the leveraging power of like, you know, MLS's player agents or baseball or any other major league. Um, nor nor do they have a, an actual collective bargaining agreement yet. Yeah, um, that, and that was part of it. Uh, they wanted to have the bargaining agreement in place before uh, they agreed to come back or some sort of quote-unquote good faith effort to make that happen. Um but in the end, they agreed uh, to make the uh, the return, and um, then we just kind of sat and waited for what exactly what format we were going to see. 
Uh, the rumor had been before that there was going to be uh, four kind of con four divisions, two in the west, two in the east, to limit the amount of traffic. Um, instead, they agreed on uh, eight groups, um, basically all all divided uh, into as as close as they can. Uh, the switchbacks. Um, ended up in Group C, uh, which consists of uh, the Switchbacks, El Paso Locomotive, New Mexico United, and Real, Mon Real Monarchs Salt Lake. Um, yeah, yeah. I was I was a little bummed that since they were putting us in a in a four team group that they couldn't just keep the the four corners cup as one as one uh, one group together, but. Uh, in retrospect, I'm kind of glad not to have to face Phoenix right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, even the group we're in now is like, you know, I, I believe El, pa El Paso made the playoffs, New Mexico uh, and, you know, uh, Salt Lake City won, it's, the, it's won the whole. Th yeah. It's a it's a tough group on its own. Basically, and from the, the format, they have uh, they have these eight groups, top two in each group. Uh, go to the playoffs and uh, playoff structure is basically um, the teams from both uh, sides playing each other, single elimination all the way to the final. Uh, 16 total games uh, will be played. Um, everyone in our, uh, with, with credit for the first game of the season, um, being, being uh, counted. So right now, uh, we are all alone at the top of our group, um, which is a good thing. Uh, we have 15 games remaining. Um, so we'll have our eight home games and, uh, so we will have seven away games because we've already played one away game against Oklahoma city. Um, and that, that I should say there should be an asterisk to the away games, um, in between the time that the league and players association announced that they're all coming back, uh, the uh, coronavirus decided that it's going to make a little comeback and make things a little bit interesting. Um, when they first announced it, that there was a little bit of rise uh, happening, mainly in Texas and Arizona, um, and uh, Colorado. Colorado is actually the best. Uh, the the uh, our El Paso County was actually seeing no real change in our numbers, so it was like okay, cool, you know, we're we're one of the safer places to play in the Western Conference. Um, it's kind of changed between now and then. I mean, we're still not in a bad shape, but um, Texas right now is is going through a major uptick, and uh, there's questions about whether or not El Paso is going to be. Uh, the local city council there will even allow them to play games. So it's quite possible they'll play all their games on the road. That was one of the contingency plans within the yeah. the document. So we could have eight games at home. We could have 10 games at home. Uh, it's really hard to tell. Um, somewhere along the line, you know, the, the coronavirus has now turned into a cultural political issue about whether or not to accept it as real or harmful or whatnot. Um, and uh, it's kind of, 
every every municipality for themselves and making their own rules. Um, so there's a lot up in the air. Um, Definitely. I, I, uh, you know, we got Group A, we have Reno, Sacramento, Tacoma, and Portland, which is, again, is another weird grouping because uh, you got the two uh, north northwestern states and then Reno and Sacramento. Um, group B is a five-group uh, setting with San Diego, Phoenix, uh, LA Galaxy 2, Las Vegas Lights, and Orange County. Um, Phoenix and Arizona, uh, it's questionable whether or not they're going to be able to play a home game this year because uh, they're getting hit really, really bad in the Phoenix area. And um, so not, not really sure there. Also heard reports that lost that uh, uh, Nevada was making a sharp uptick as well. Uh, and all these governments are now rethinking their you know, uh, stay at home orders, safe at home orders, or some sort of hybrid, um, over in group D, which is, uh, the two Oklahoma teams, Rio Grande, Austin, and San Antonio are the group. And, uh, just yesterday, uh, San Antonio's, uh, local government, uh, sent out a, an emergency alert on everyone's phones, basically saying, don't leave your house, stay inside, uh, we have no more hospital beds, so um, it's t- it's hard to see um, how this is going to be growing forward. I mean, we're it's it seems like as a country we're we're just kind of like hell or high water. We're going to to do everything we can to just power through it, and uh, not quite sure that's the winning um attitude i don't know what do you what do you think about you know coming back when we did um usl is the first um the first american sport team sport that's going to allow uh that's going to be playing at home venues and allowing fans in um whereas other teams have decided to go with uh or other leagues have decided to go with the whole bubble structure and uh yeah uh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about allowing fans in like at, from a fan perspective and just wanting to watch live soccer. I absolutely. I'm like, yeah, but I look at, you know, I, I think the first major, uh, sports league to come back was Bundesliga in Germany, mm-hmm. um, the top, top division and they empty stadiums. They're not like even their, their goal celebrations, team celebrations, they're, uh, generally kind of staying distant from one another. Um, the Premier League, st- same thing, empty stadiums. Um, I understand the vast economic difference between, you know, these leagues that are getting paid billions of dollars in, uh, like, advertising money for, for television broadcasting rights and teams in the USL who need ticket, who need that gate to, to stay uh, afloat. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm torn. Um, I think that it's going to be interesting going forward. Um, I, I honestly couldn't tell you one way or the other, what I, what I think is going to happen. Um, I, I'm kind of just, uh, (laughs) 
hanging on for dear life and along for the ride. Yeah. Um, kind of feels like every month that has gone by the, so far this year, you expect like a group of Oompa Loompas to come out and sing us a song about the <laughs> lessons we should have learned for the previous month. So, uh, you know, yeah, there's no telling what's going to happen. I mean, we could have alien invasion here in a couple of days and, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, oh, cool. It's aliens. Sky's on fire. You know, um, 20. I saw, I saw a great conspiracy theory that uh, that um, 2020 is the proof that time travel is real and that someone has been trying to fix 2020. But every time they change something, they screw something else up. It's the only way I explain us jumping from murder hornets to meth gators in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I remember Murder Hornets. Murder Hornets was kind of like the highlight of the year so far. I mean, you But you, they never actually like I that's why I think that the the time tra- travel angle, somebody saved us from the Murder Hornets, but there were yeah. consequences that uh the ripple effects are yet to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> um God, yeah, yeah, Murder Hornets. Man, that seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, Doesn't every it? week seems like a lifetime ago. It is <laughs> It's like this month has been the longest year of my life. Um, so uh, coming coming back, um, the USL uh, released their return to play uh, agreements and protocols with uh, the US the with the uh, USLPA. Um, it's a it's a fairly in depth. I mean, they released they released a uh, a synopsis of it. And then they released the actual forty-one-page uh, document. Um, and going over it, there, there's a couple things that it stood out to me. I mean, obviously, I care more about you know what they plan on doing on game day. And and uh, I mean, if, uh, I've been seeing what game day and stadium operations are going to look like, and what fans are going to look like. And I, I'm I'm I read it, and I'm kind of on the impression I, I can't. I can't really see how teams, how the switchbacks specifically are going to be able to maintain, um, are going to be able to do it. Uh, there's, you know, things, things that are pretty basic that you would expect, you know, uh, even going to target, you know, there's the, the markings on the floor staying six feet apart. Um, they're going, they re- recommend having temperature checks on fans, um, anyone with a temperature of 100.4, uh, is supposed to immediately return home, uh, unless the team feels that temperatures, uh, or that like inflated due to summer heat or walking up from vehicle, they're actually going to have a cool down zone adjacent to the temperature check area. And I'm thinking about the actual, like, you know, us walking in and standing in line while some, while security, you know, checks us over it's 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 gonna be like standing in uh, security at dia it's gonna it's gonna take two hours to get into the game and then two hours for the game to happen yeah it's um so and there's uh, you know for the teams themselves you know the actual the actual testing that the team undergoes and the uh, the Social distancing, travel restrictions, things like that are they're they're on par with the other t- other leagues. You know, I mean, the only 
you know, <laughs> there's a few things that popped out, like uh, if a player is covered by private insurance, the private insurance has to pay for the COVID testing, which I thought was a little bit weird. Um, that, that, that obviously NBA, NHL, MLS doesn't have to worry about that, I would think, but um, uh, travel within 500 miles it must be done by a bus instead of a flight, which I believe will mean that we'll probably have they'll be taking the uh, buses to Salt Lake City and to uh, um, New Mexico. I believe El Paso's far enough away that we would have to take a flight. Um, their recommendations for uh, the the bus is uh, you know the social distancing on the bus, one player per row, meaning that they're going to have to have multiple buses, and it's just it's weird. It's it's weird. Um, it is weird. <laughs> the, uh, sp the one thing that I think will specifically affect the switchbacks as well, uh, social distancing, the six feet apart must be maintained in the locker room. Uh, now, if anyone has seen the locker rooms for the switchbacks, uh, the refs and the uh, away teams know that there's not six inches of social distancing uh, in those. It's basically this, that's a, it's like a closet that they squeeze 18 guys into um it's 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 essentially a glorified horse trailer this yeah that's what it is yeah it's it's uh the the restroom boxes that they have currently it's about the size of those maybe a bit smaller um they're encouraging players to show up to the stadium already wearing your your warm-up gear um you know, and they've got the usual hand sanitizer, uh, treatment protocols. Um, the league is not obligated to report players' names, um, which I'm okay with, you know, uh, with the exception, you know, the, the team can know who it is just in terms of contact tracing, but uh, it specifically says if someone from the team tests positive, they're to notify the league, but not give the player's name. So we're going to hear a lot of stuff like we uh, like with recently with Phoenix, where four players tested positive uh, for coronavirus, but no names were given. Um, on the positive side, uh, Switch Bottom Sixpacks players tweeted that trading resumed the day after all the tests came back, and there was no positive tests uh, for the Switchbacks. So good sign for us. Um, I'm kind of scrolling through the document here. It's, it's, it's a, uh, like reading, rather like reading the lease for your house. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of redundant and, and that, um, social distancing must be maintained by fans. Um, it, 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 we, I'm not really sure how they're going to enforce that because, uh, you know, there's there's word that, you know, the like the trailheads and the groups on the ends will be able to line up single files six feet apart all up and down the end lines, which seems weird. Um, the teams are, are supposed to discourage chanting or singing, <laughs> um, 
which again is going to be weird. Um, and there's supposed to be minimum contact between the players and the fans. Uh, so, you know, at least once a game, someone slides into those inboards and into the crowd. Uh, you know, not really sure what's going to happen there. Um, I don't know. It's weird. There, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, um, you know, they're going to warm ups, team warm ups will be done separately. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to have the teams come out of the locker room because, um, the way that they currently is, they walk through the crowd, which would be bad. So I don't know if they're going planning on having no one within six feet on either side of the center aisle on the Eastern. Yeah. Maybe they'll rope off the, like half of that section or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to deal with that with season ticket holders. Um, there's going to, there's a lot of, uh, logistical things that still we have no idea about. I can only hope that the front office is on top of. Yep. Well, and, and they're, they're planning an intra-squad scrimmage on the 4th of July to have fireworks afterwards. And what they've done is, I, I'm hoping they use this as a kind of like a dress rehearsal trial run to see how this is going to go. They're only allowing 700 fans in with season ticket holders uh, getting first dibs at them. Um, so... I'm not sure if that 700 number is because they plan on using, you know, just one side of the stadium. If they're, if this is going to be a full on, this is how this is 700 is the minimum we're going to urge the maximum fans we're going to be able to have at the stadium. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, El Paso County put in a variance request to be um, that looks like it was it was approved as I'm going through their site. Uh, it looks like it was approved for outdoor activities or outdoor outdoor uh, exhibitions um, events, uh, and, and most of the uh, most of the stuff is fairly obvious. You know, um, have hand sanitizer available have free masks available. Um, they do have a, a max, a, a calculator that basically you put in how much square feet you have of the facility and it'll tell you how many people you are allowed in. So, uh, I'm not really sure the square footage of uh, Widener field. So I didn't really test it, but, uh, an outdoor event with a thousand square feet, which is pretty small. That's like smaller than my townhouse. Uh, a massive maximum of six people. So I imagine the 700 might be what we're seeing when the season starts, uh, with maybe expanding that, uh, through fall and into October. If the virus, uh, calms down, stops, you know, stops trying to kill us. Um, but yeah, there, there's, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at now. Right now we're waiting for the league to release an actual schedule. Um, you know, we're two weeks away from the start of the season. 
um, and we have no idea what home games, what away games, um, how this exactly is going to to work. I have a strong suspicion that the league is slow walking it just to see what plays out in you know Texas and Arizona and California, Florida, um, to see if maybe you know their hand is. I think the last thing the league wants to do is to schedule games and then cancel them you know, three days before they're supposed to go on. So I don't know. I, I'm really, uh, really kind of torn about, about this. Cause I think, I think the only thing worse than canceling the season would be starting the season back up and then having to shut it down. Um, cause you think that, yeah, that the, the PR is bad when you have, you know, full on team, you have members of, of the teams, getting coronavirus i can't imagine the first time someone die, a fan dies and it's traced back to a usl game um and if a team doesn't properly put in the, the right protocols um you know i i'm not gonna I, i've made the personal decision that i'm not going to be able to go to any of the games until i can feel confident that I can maintain social extreme social distancing because I have pre-existing medical conditions. Um, my son, you know, we've been having a lo long discussion about it really for the whole, for the past week about whether or not he's going to attend games or not. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't mean this as a dig to the switchbacks, but basically you're kind of asking to put your hand, your life in the hands of the front office and your fellow fans. And um, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. I, I, I you know, if I, if I can't go into a Walmart, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, it really puts me in a bad position um, to having to make the choice and really wanting to see the teams, really wanting to see the team and be there and cheer them on. But knowing that me going there could jeopardize my health, uh, uh, you know, up to being, you know, having long lasting damage or death. Um, cause you yeah, know, yeah. death sucks. Um, it, it does. Um, <laughs> I, I can't tell from experience, but, uh, I've heard <laughs> having, rumors, having witnessed it <laughs> and having heard rumors, um, being dead is, uh, definitely, definitely not my first choice. Yeah. And, 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 and this is again, my personal feelings. Um, I, I'm a little bit annoyed with the league for doing this because they've, instead of not player safety, um, putting, putting fan safety into question. I mean, yes, you can have as much, you can have total, uh, you know, all the protocols you want, everything in place, but you know there's going to be moments where fans are going to intermingle. You know there, there's there's going to be you know ingress into the stadiums when people are coming in. There's going to be you know lines that don't adhere to social distancing. There's going to be you know those those people who refuse to wear a mask because uh, of a political statement or something like that. And there's going to be there's going to be so much that's put on us as fans and supporters. 
I really think that that the USL is kind of like making a deal that hey, we're the first ones to let fans back in, but they're they're really putting us in a position where we have to make these choices where emotionally, God, I want to be there. I want to participate in a game again and get some normalcy back to my life. But for me, I can't. You know, I, I, I can't do that. And you know, it's there I know I know there's other supporters who are in the same position who um you know whether through its you know they recently had surgery, whether or not they're taking uh, you know, they're, they're cancer survivors who take certain medications. They're, 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 you know, there's, you're really putting a lot on us and, you know, it, it, it's, it's not good. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Do you, do you, uh, the, the, the general public does not have a great track record with, uh, self-preservation. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, quite in the same situation as you, but I'm, I am a higher risk individual. I, I am an asthmatic with chronic respiratory issues and I'm immunocompromised. So I, in all honesty, um, I'm probably going to be watching the rest of the season, uh, streamed. I, I don't know that it's worth it to me. I can still, you know, communicate with my my fellow supporters uh through social media i can um you know keep up with people during games while watching the streams i i just don't know unless i can think of a way to you know show up super early you know put the put the bubble around me and and run to the media area uh before anybody else is in there i i don't know i don't know that it's worth uh, the risk, however big or small that risk may be, uh, in the long run, uh, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah. And, and I mean, even the, the media area, which, which is essentially just the boxes up on top, those corrals are roughly about seven by seven, six by, you know, they're yep. not much yep. bigger than that. So I, I, you really couldn't have more than two people in there. So if like I show up with my wife you know, if I take that spot, you know, what, what's going to happen then? Are more people yeah. going to join yeah. us? Are they going to, you know, it's, there's so much, um, it really is putting a lot on the fans and, and I think it's going to put a lot on, uh, it's also putting a lot on the teams to have to enforce it or let it go. Um, you know, how strictly do they want to enforce face masks? You know, in, in some, some locations, everyone's going to be wearing a face mask because that's kind of culturally what happens in other places, um, you know, in other that have different political and cultural, uh, environment, wearing a mask can be another contentious thing. And, you know, how, how, if I sit down, you know, in my if I if I roll up in my wheelchair, I've got my face mask on, you know, and two drunk guys come up and they're walking past me without face masks and they sneeze or I cough, and you know, it's it, it's crazy all around the country right now. I mean, you have people who you know, um, 
all you've got to do is take a stroll through social media to see the the rather emotional interactions between people who wearing masks and demanding wearing masks and people who are demanding not to wear masks. I'm trying to be as gentle here as I can without diving too much into it. But it is an issue. Um, you know, it is a political issue right now. And, you know, then there's other political issues at hand with like the the with Black Lives Matter, the social unrest, um, you know, it's again a cultural thing where you know, supporter groups, soccer supporter groups in the United States tend to veer into a, let's just say, more more liberal side. You know, they're, last year the big thing for supporter groups, the MLS especially, was being able to display uh, anti-fascist um, signage. You know, Iron Front, the Three Arrows, uh, foot facing down. Um, you know, where that stuff might might be an issue in Portland, um, you know, not going to happen here in the Springs, you know, um, but that might change. Someone might decide they're going to make a political statement um, at a game. What happens then? You know what I mean? Um, the Women's League started up this weekend. Uh, they're doing the bubble in Utah. Um playing up at the at the at the real monarchs facility and you know for the national anthem they all kneeled um which in a lot of localities that may not be an issue uh you know a sign of solidarity um i can't fathom the thought of it happening here in the in the springs um you know it's it's there's so much that's being put upon the fans now uh, to <sighs> it seems like a bucket the bucket's been passed like the league is saying hey we'll let you we'll let you run your games the way you want and I know not all teams wanted this there is the the rumor for the the rumor mill from Twitter from inside reports was that the the vote to come back was uh, I want to say 23. 22 to 15 there were there was there was it was not a sure thing it was not a unanimous vote and you know mls teams are not happy about having to field mls their mls2 teams because they want those players available to them for the uh, mls's back cup in orlando um so it's you know there was there was Un, un, unsubstantiated reporting by by uh, certain people in the soccer on Twitter in soccer Twitter that there was several teams who were trying to find a way of opting out of fielding a team this year, um, much like 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 the women's Orlando Pride did, where they had almost you know half of their roster test positive for for coronavirus. Um, there was teams that didn't want to risk their fans, risk, you know, uh, for financial reasons, for safety reasons, you know, not wanting to feel the team for 2020. Um, and now kind of put in a position where, I, you know, it's it's happening. Everyone's excited about it, you know, and, and I don't know. Um, the whole situation to me, it seems like a big gamble for the league and for the teams to be taking. 
and um, I'm not really sure it's it's worth it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and it takes away from the players too. I mean, we're we've been talking now for twenty some odd minutes just about you know the logistics of coronavirus, and instead of talking about you know the team and what our prospects look like. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a, a, a perfect example of uh, a, a perfect analogy of, of what, uh, what this is doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and again, I'm sitting as, as I'm going through the roster, you know, there's the, you know, I'm excited to see Aiden Daniels back on the field. Uh, you know, Christian Velisky, you know, Austin Dewing, uh, Luke Ferreira, um, Sean Melvin and goal. Um, you know, I really liked what he, what, how he performed, you know, Abe Rodriguez, uh, is, uh, was the league's one of the league's 30 under or 20 under 20. I think it was, uh, just named as a home homegrown or a designated homegrown player from the Rapids. Um, you know, and, and not only that, I just occurred to me is, is that will teams that have their players, will MLS teams, uh, have players on loan to USL teams? Will they call back those loans to have deep rosters when they go into Orlando, um, to play their cup? Um, yeah, I, it, I mean, I think that, uh, the different loan agreements, they, I mean, it's a, it's in most cases a, a pretty detailed uh, legal document, and and there are clauses that uh, they may or may not have put in there. I obviously, when a lot of these contracts were signed, uh, coronavirus wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there there may not be contingencies put in there for that. So they may not have the right to, to recall, uh, entirely for that reason. I, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch though. Yeah. Um, I I think in, in our case, uh, it might bring a little more stability than we had last year. Um, you know, it's, it's different having to get players in and out of the protective bubble that they're installing, uh, not a physical bubble, but a logistical bubble that they're having for <laughs> the entire league. Um, I think I it's want got, a physical bubble. Yeah, the, uh, the dome. They need the Simpsons dome to be put over Orlando. Um, I think it's going to be harder for them to want to recall players uh, because then the players are going to have to, you know, let's say the Rapids start playing in their little tournament there. And their keepers get injured and they want to recall Abe Rodriguez. Well, any play if there's going in, he's gonna to have to be quarantined for 14 days. So that means there's very little chance of him actually participating in the tournament. Um so that may give us a little more stability uh for the rest of the season, uh, in terms of you know seeing players shuffled about, which was I know was a complaint last year. Um So turning the page a little bit, let's get back, let's get out of the whole coronavirus sucks and is going to 
destroy the world. Um, <laughs> actual soccer news. Um, kind of a roundup of things that I think have happened since we last spoke. Um, switchbacks news, uh, something I was extremely happy to see. Uh, Chris Reeves returned to practice with the team once once t- practices were opened back up. Um, for those who don't remember, uh, the final game of the season last year, uh, Chris Reeves was ha- suffered a horrific uh, lower leg injury. Um, they never really officially said what it was, but um, anyone who watched the game saw that his leg was bent in an unnatural direction, so it was yeah. it was it was broke. Um, I personally didn't think he would make he would, he would ever play soccer again, but he made a comeback. And he's back with the team training, so that is that is excellent news. Um, gives us some more depth there in the back, um, and uh, so that that was good. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I believe Aiden Daniels shaved his head for uh, charity. Um, so good for him. Uh, he, he had like a scale of, you know, if I raise a thousand dollars, I'll shave it this way or raise, you know, he'll go with the mullet. If I raise $3,000, I'll go with the mullet mohawk. If I raise 5,000, I'll go with shaved head. And he managed to do that, uh, shave his head. So that, that's good. That means, you know, there's some interaction with the team. One thing I have noticed a lot more this year than in years past is the players are much more active on social media than we've ever seen, um, which is great. Um, even, even Alan Koch, the head coach, I mean, he's, he posts on Twitter very frequently. Um, I see more tweets from him in a week than I saw any sort of anything from, from Trichu in the five years he was here. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to, to what's going on. Um, being able to interact with players, uh, go through roster. Nikki Jackson was injured. He tore, I believe his MCL, uh, one of the ligaments in his knee. So he is out of action, uh, which is a bummer. And, um, I can't find it now. I, I believe it was, uh, Seb Anderson suffered an injury as well. And he may be spending some time out. Uh, so, yeah, that's um, about all for the switchback news. Is, that, is there anything else that's gone on that I've forgotten about and don't have in my notes? Uh, not, not that I can think of. Um, just uh, you know, the the little things that they they've been trying to do to uh, to keep people's spirits up, like the the uh, the EUSL thing, and uh, um. I'm trying to remember which one of our players was uh, was playing the FIFA tournament. I, I think he was playing as Paraguay or something like that. Yeah, um, uh, I want to say it was it was uh, was it Ferrer? Yeah, Luke Luke Ferrer. I think yeah, was our yeah. player. And uh, you know, it seems like I, I who won that? I want to say it was El Paso. I don't know. Um, Somebody won it. Uh, <laughs> somebody won it. It wasn't us. Top, 
top-notch breaking news. Breaking news. Chat. Something happened. Uh, <laughs> tune in. Tune in for more at 11. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, they, they managed to finish out their, their, e, their USL E-Cup um, for playing FIFA 20. And so uh, that was good. And that just happened to get over right about the time we started. Uh, getting getting ready for the season to ramp up um, in, uh, in in Western Conference news uh, in kind of a surprise, uh, Eric Winaldo was fired from the Las Vegas Lights, um, wah, wah, wah. which is <laughs> just which is one of the most Las Vegas Lights things to happen. Um, you know that team seems to be like a three ring circus. Uh, all sorts of crazy stuff happening there. Um, I haven't really heard much about what was hap- what his termination was. Um, again, the, the rumor mill uh, on Twitter was that it somehow it involved uh, potential liability with, regarding practices. I don't know if you know he was asked to return to practice and the team t- and he asked the team, you know, hey, if I get coronavirus you're gonna pay my bills and they said no um whatever the situation was uh it was a fairly quick firing i mean five days earlier they were las vegas lights were tweeting happy birthday to him talking about what a fearless leader and motivator and coach the best he was in the league and five days later they it was a very curt uh he's been removed from you know, from he's no longer part of the organization. We wish him well in his future endeavors. Uh, actually, I don't even think they wished him well in his future endeavors. It was just like, dude's gone. Um, yeah, yeah. So hey, I'm uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, at some sources saying it was largely uh, in part with the disagreement with the owner over a practice that uh, they didn't let Winalda oversee. Um, they weren't letting him coach the practice session for liability concerns, whatever that means. Yeah. That, um, yeah. That, but. And they're talking <laughs> about bringing in Frank Yallop as his replacement. Yeah. They, they announced Frank Yallop um, replacing him. And uh, if that name sounds familiar, it's because he's been kind of passed around amongst everyone in the Western Conference. <laughs> Um, he is he is everywhere. Uh, last year he was the uh, technical director for uh, Fresno, and you know with with uh, Fresno disbanding, he was kind of out of a job. Uh, the word is is that him taking the head coaching job with uh, the lights is f- this season only um, that he won't will not be staying after the season which kind of leads everyone to suspect that he's going to have be hired on in some capacity when Mont, when Monterey uh Fresno f- completes their move to Monterey um uh let's see Frank Yelp he was the uh, trying to uh pull up his wikipedia page and I'm having he, uh- he coached Phoenix Rising yep. uh, from late 2015 to uh, early 2017. Um, managed uh, San Jose uh, during their t- MLS Cup titles in 01 and 03. 
Um, uh, head coach of the Galaxy during uh, Beckham's tenure. That's right. Yeah, he. I, I saw that mention that he was the coach during uh, Beckham and Landon Donovan time and managed to not do anything with them. Yep, um, yep. He, <laughs> uh, Canadian national team head coach from 2004 to 2006. Uh, so so uh, clearly, you know, he's he's got a... Uh, He's done things. <laughs> He's a journeyman. <laughs> Well-traveled, I believe, is what well, they... Well, yes. Well-traveled. Um, oh, he was the coach of the Tampa Bay Mutiny, um, which is a name I haven't heard in a long time. The Mutiny were one of the original uh, MLS teams uh, that didn't don't exist anymore. Um, So yeah, he's he's going to be taking over there in the uh, the exciting Las Vegas light situation for everything. Um, Landon Donovan uh, uh, again is coaching, and uh, the the uh, San Diego Loyal, um, which is just the stupidest name I could think of. Um, yep, yep. It's yeah. right up there with the the uh, oh, what was the the old the, the Minnesota Kickers, the uh, the Kansas City Wizards, the Wiz, the K- Kansas City <laughs> Wiz. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else. There's rumors that Donovan, Lana Donovan, may actually. Uh, play as oh, well yep uh he wants to do the uh the what tim howard is doing in memphis where he's the what? team tim howard owns the team uh is the general manager technical director and a goalkeeper so that's got to make for some interesting times when uh you know someone makes a bad back pass to the person to their boss um that's going to be weird um so yeah, uh, we, there's a chance that Landon Donovan could uh, bring back the the good old fashioned player coach role. Um, we'll see on that. Uh, so yeah, it's been a, been an interesting uh, off season. Well, I guess not off season. We're in the middle of the season. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a weird year um, for soccer. Uh, Yeah, uh, about USL wise, I think that's a we we rung that as about as dry as it's gonna get. Um, well, I'm trying to think uh, anything else. Uh, Stadiums going up like normal. Um, in fact, it's coming. It looks like more and more is getting done, making real progress towards it. Um, still on on time for 2021. Uh, Opening, assuming that, you know, the Yellowstone supervolcano doesn't explode and kill us all um, by then. Uh, they have a really good virtual reality kind of tour of it. Um, I was kind of disappointed that they made normal people in their, all their demos and not just, you know, 500 different versions of uh, uh, Ibusi, you know, all around to get the South African fans really excited. Um, 
just got word that Colorado Springs City Council has, uh, or the Utilities Council, has set the the full shutdown of the Drake Power Plant, which is the twenty twenty three, right? Yep, twenty twenty three, which is the was the you, big old eyesore cloud generator of downtown Colorado Springs. Yep, yep. Um, so that's good news for those people who don't like uh, coal, <laughs> don't like pollution. Um, they're talking about basically tearing it down and having it being used as another part of the downtown um, renovation, the, the downtown projects to make it more pretty you know uh so that's good news that, I, that's great news this yeah especially considering the location of the the switchbacks new stadium um it, it uh it definitely cut the sight lines to the front range and uh it's in general just a big eyesore yeah um so opening up that that space for more um you know, downtown entertainment, uh, who knows, maybe a stinking parking garage for local stadium. Yeah, no I doubt. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, they'll have to say goodbye to the, to the big middle of the city cloud that hangs every time there it's temperature drops below 40. Um, uh, anyone who doesn't know, live here knows that anytime the temperature gets drops below 40, uh, 35, the exhaust from the, uh, the power plant creates this, uh, this big billowing cloud, low hanging that, that basically encompasses most of downtown, um, and reflects it. And it's even more visible because it reflects all the lights from downtown. So it's not a big brown cloud like the smog you had in Denver, it's more like a gigantic, glowing yellow artificial cloud that just hangs low. And I, I can imagine the first time we have a cold weather game uh, and that cloud is sitting over everything and trying to get you know angles for the stadium on TV and the national crowd looking and being like, oh, wow, they're right next, you know, they're, they're right next to a, a coal plant. Um, so yeah, I'm glad to be seeing that gone from a fan standpoint, from a resident standpoint, from someone who enjoys breathing standpoint. Um, glad to be seeing that that uh, being decommissioned 15 years earlier than they had originally said. Um, and I think that's about it. You know, uh, where everything's slowly, you know, the world, you know, soccer's. Premier League's going, uh, Italian League's going. Well, Premier League's, have they ended yet? I know Liverpool just clinched the title. Liverpool Liverpool clinched the title, but they did so quite early. Um, they had yeah. a tremendous points advantage on the rest of the league. So uh, most, of, <laughs> most of us still have uh, a, a decent number of games remaining. Yeah. Um, the English FA Cup, I believe, I heard there's their working plans on getting that or there's still there uh, the the FA Cup is is uh ongoing uh in fact my team was just eliminated from it yesterday by Manchester City ah well um condolences my friend um <laughs> the Bundesliga is back uh 
And uh, what do you, what do you think about the the crowd noise that they've the artificial crowd noise? What do you have any thoughts on that? Or you know, I I honestly don't mind it. Um, I think that it makes it less jarring of a experience uh, to watch on TV, um, even if it is basically just FIFA FIFA twenty crowd noise. Um, I also want to know. Uh, how I get the job of being the soundboard operator who gets to press the button when, you know, a shot gets missed or something. And yeah. I, I want to press the button for the, the collective O's and like, you know, get, get me that job. I, that, I would like that job. They, they had a, uh, I, I saw something on one of the sports networks where they, where they outline exactly how, what it does. And it's basically a guy at a soundboard, um, Almost like a musician watching carefully, you know, yep. always doing it, and you know, it was playing me, playing the crowd sound. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I got to I got to tell you, the first time I I heard it, I'm like, this is sacrilegious, horrible, what the hell? And the second time I heard it, I was I I was like, all right, I, I'm warming up to this, and then now that it's there, you forget that there's not a crowd there. Um, yeah, yeah, the, and even the even the the way that they're doing the broadcast and the camera operate, there's very few shots um, high enough to even see the the lack of crowd. Like yeah. they're they're trying to to keep it as immersive as possible. Um, and I, I heard one of the commentators uh, during the FA Cup match yesterday mentioning how the referee's uh, blood pressure must be down since the there aren't real fans to boo every decision that they make. <laughs> um, NBC as as for the Premier League has offered a stream with the crowd noise and uh, and without yeah. without so I mean you got your choice um, the NWSL which is the first American uh, team sport to come back to play started this weekend their crowd noise effort not very good um, <laughs> I, I it it was it was not matched up to the game and it was. There was a significant delay in some things. It was just weird. Um, I have no option to turn it off. Um, but uh, it was good to see. I, the, uh, did you happen to catch any? The, I think there was only two games that were played this weekend. Did you happen to catch any of those? No, I, d- I didn't get to catch them. Yeah. Um, they, uh, it's nice to see uh, locally. And I didn't know I'd be bringing this up, but we had, there was, you know, we had, um, Colorado is well represented in WSL. I'll, I'll admit I haven't watched the women's league uh, really up until this weekend. Um, my wife watches a little bit of it. Uh, she's a Portland Thorns fan, um, but you know there's there's a lot of the national league teams or national league players that that play for them. Um, yeah, I think just between the Portland Thorns and Seattle Rain, like half of the women's national team is uh, is up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, um, uh, Lindsey Horan uh, got to see her play. There was several girls from the Colorado Springs area. One was a, a, a graduate of Colorado, uh, Colorado College, and the other one went to uh, uh, well, grew up here in the Springs. And I'm sorry, I don't have their names in front of me. Um, kind of winging it here but uh they they came in played well so i was really impressed that that you know with the national team you know we've got a couple girls who are who have colorado ties with the with the nwsl teams they really have so much more players that, that uh it's just nice to 
it, it was good to see soccer back. Uh, it was it was clear that they were out of sync uh, and haven't practiced much. Um, at times, the quality was almost sub USL level. Um, but uh, if you have a chance, they're on CBS. Uh, the games are they're doing very similar to what the MLS is doing, where it's a a uh, almost a World Cup tournament. Uh, set up where you know you've got your eight groups of four the top two go in and they you know have have a uh, they play it out uh, in WSL I think this is going to be their entire season so whoever wins the the that cup their season's over MLS has made the impression that after the MLS cup is done they're going to go back to having a regular season to finish it out um cuz they're talking about the points that the teams earn like like the points they'll earn points in the MLS's back cup. So um there's no point to that unless you plan on continuing the season afterwards. Um so that'll be interesting to see. NBA uh is doing the same thing in Orlando. They have a very specific format they're going with. NHL um I haven't seen a return date yet. I know last time you and I talked they had announced a format, which was you had to be a lawyer to really understand their format because they they threw in uh, draft order and uh, team seating and and all that. But do you know when they're going to start coming back, or if they've decided even on a location yet? I I have not. I'm so disappointed in you, man. You're my you're my you're my hockey you know go to guy. It's uh, it's kind of uh, all over the place. They were talking about um, like just hosting the entire remainder of the season, uh, the the Stanley Cup playoffs in um, just I think it was like four or five cities, uh, and a lot of the different fan bases are upset. Um, so honestly, I, I, I haven't heard anything official yet as to as to who those host cities were. Uh, the original list had like. Uh, it's like four Canadian cities and two American cities. And so, you know, Canadian bias from the, the NHL uh, head yeah. office in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen any of the coronavirus numbers for Canada. Um, I have a lot of Canadian friends who are like, what the hell are you guys doing in America? <laughs> um, so I, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to, you know, have them and put them up in Vancouver for a while. Um, but the NHL and the NBA are different from the MLS and USL and that the fact that their their regular seasons were almost over when they decided to uh when they when they abandoned the seasons uh when they or when they paused yeah. the season uh whereas MLS uh and Major League Baseball oh that that's a that's a cluster Major League Baseball um Ugh. but uh and USL they're all really getting the season started so um, I don't know. Hopefully, this will all go off without a hitch. Um, I don't know what what has been your. Uh, how are you handling your, your the coronavirus? Are you still working? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My honestly, my my life hasn't really slowed down one bit. Um, I worked basically February through. Um, the end of May in a, in a locked office, um, doing, doing most of my job over the phone and over email. Yeah. 
um, it's been uh, it's been an adventure uh, dealing with public health codes, uh, with reopening things. Um, I work in property management, so having people asking that the biggest thing right now is the 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 stinking pool. Like you're you're worried about being able to go sit in the pool. Uh, yeah. Like and and I get like chlorine should kill pretty much anything, right? But there's also you know all of the places that people sit around the pool and yeah. how people access the pool. And like, I, it's, it's a, it's a whole huge hot. Yeah. It's uh, kind of sounds, it, sounds like what our complex is going through the same thing. We've been getting emails on, you know, suggestions on how to go about opening the pool. And uh, my thought is, boy, you know, on normal summers, I'm afraid to go to the pool cause I might catch whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. the 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 thirty kids who were all peeing in the pool at the same time, and the <laughs> you know the the random people who use the pool as a, as a bathtub. Um, yeah, yeah, I it's it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, public health uh, El Paso County policies on with regard to um, opening pools. Uh, it it's in my opinion as a as someone if i were to be using it i wouldn't i wouldn't even bother because they're going to be like kicking people out every hour on the hour to sanitize everything and it, <laughs> just well, when you get comfortable in the hot tub they're going to kick your butt out and you know it's and it's going to be having to monitor it you know having to make sure that you will have 50% capacity into your you know yep. it's that's going to be uh making sure people aren't dragging chairs next to one another and you know uh, in in my case there's there's really only one way in one way out if people are hanging around the entrance then obviously the people coming in and out can't be distanced properly and it, it's it's a whole mess yeah it's a whole hot mess yeah it's amazing how much stuff in our regular lives that we take for granted um and now we're having to reevaluate how we're how we're doing this, you know, simple things like, you know, uh, amenities at, at a, at an apartment complex or, yeah, um, yeah. you know, things like that. It's, it's just, it's, uh, it's nuts. W- one, one thing I did want to ask you about, um, and I've been kind of quiet about this on, on Facebook and in the, the supporter groups, uh, pages is, you know, the, the switchbacks are, are uh, you know you had, we had to put in a request uh, for our tickets and you know they they they're using you know P- season ticket holders uh you know expected 17 games for the season and uh, now best case scenario uh worst case scenario we're going to have eight games so you know season ticket holders basically have 11 games that are not paid for and i'm sure the team is going to allow you to you know double up ticket ticket allocation so you know if you want to use any of those extra tickets but for the scrimmage they're basically saying if you go to the scrimmage it counts towards your ticket season ticket allocation number um and also something i noticed that kind of really threw me off was that there there was a way a, a disclaimer a waiver of liability you had to agree before requesting the ticket that you would not hold the team or any any of its vendors liable for uh, if you catch coronavirus at the games yeah. um which kind of threw me off um 
And I don't know if that's standing operating procedure. I didn't see that anywhere in the, the documents uh, from the league and from the USLPA. Um, you know, I know that media made a big deal about uh, when Trump went to Tulsa, uh, having to have the participants sign waivers for coronavirus. I know that's a totally different situation. And there was a whole irony to that. And, and you know, the the political outrage on everyone's part. But um, man, what are your, what are your thoughts on that about having to, you know, having to specifically sign a a waiver to be able to go into the games? Does that make you more likely? Does do do that? Is this one of those things you just don't care about? In, in all honesty, the thing that upsets me more is the having a scrimmage use up, uh, a, a season ticket allocation. Yeah. Um, when if you look at, uh, say you go to a concert or you go to uh, you go to the Pepsi Center for a Nuggets game or an Avs game, if you mm-hmm. look at the back of your ticket, um, you're basically by entering the building and using your ticket, you're waving um, you're waving your right to sue them if you get harmed in any way. At yeah. That. If the if um, it's it's basically the uh, the Hillsboro uh, disaster. Um, yeah. Y- y- if you remember that from, uh, I want to say late eighties, early nineties, I can't remember the exact year, but there was a very poorly managed, uh, I want to say it was an FA cup game, um, where many people were killed with crush injuries because, uh, somebody screwed up on, uh, the process of allowing people into a certain area of the stadium. Um, and the families of, of these people have been, you know, fighting legally with, uh, with the stadium owners and the league yeah. and all, all that stuff for decades now. Um, but now because of things like that happening, there is a waiver of liability on the back of almost every ticket to any venue. Um, yeah. Well, and it, I, and I know, I know, I hate, I know of one specific case, uh, involving the, uh, I'm deb- I know of one specific case involving a local sports team. I'm, I'm trying to, to say this as generically as possible because I don't want anyone to make assumptions about this. But um, the back of the ticket was not, um, in general purposes, like if, if you know you get into a fight and someone busts your face open, uh, you, you can't sue the, a team or the facility. Uh, there was one case where, where someone was injured in, in a facility here in town and they were able to settle with the team and the, and the, the facility. So, I mean, those waivers are very good. Um, the way those waivers are there and you can, and everyone kind of assumes I go into the game. There's a very good chance that, you know, if I stand behind the goal and someone takes a shot and I get a select ball at 80 miles an hour to my face that's on, you know, I'm going to have to pay for that. I'm not going to be able to sue, you know, whoever shot that ball. But, you know, there there are situations where, you know, you see it in baseball a lot where a little kid gets hurt by a flat foul ball or a bat goes flying out. And the team makes every effort to try to make things things right with that, you know. Having, yeah, yeah. Giving, you know, you know, giving them season tickets or field passes or the team going and saying something. And, you know, mainly for, for PR. Um. I don't know. It's, to me, the, the the waiver of the coronavirus. I mean, I know I take certain risks when I go to a Switchbacks game. Um, you know, I've I've 
my balance is for, is is crap. Um, you know, I, I walk with a cane or a wheelchair um, because I have fallen down at the stadium uh, in very embarrassing manners at times. But I would never dream of suing them over that because you know, not their fault. I'm I'm a gimp. So, um, but you know, the the waiver had me. It, it kind of brought back that feeling of, do I trust the the fo? The, the front office and the, the facilities people and the city and the county to ensure my health enough to, to, to go in there. It was kind of a reminder, kind of bringing this all back to where we started. It, it, was, yeah. it was a reminder that, you know, these decisions are put on me and, and the buck is being passed down to basically you do, you, we're going to have a game. We're going to have the bare minimum we need to accomplish to have that game. And if you, if you get sick, you know, that's on you, you know, that's, that's your call. Um, and part of me says, you know, that that's, it's just common sense. Like if you, if, if we take coronavirus off the table completely and just, uh, replace it with the common cold or the flu or something else. If you go into a crowded public place and you get sick, you don't sue, like you don't go to the mall, catch the flu and sue the mall. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe it's a little sensationalized because of the, the pandemic with, with COVID. Yeah. I I don't know. I, to me, it feels like common sense that I'm not going to hold a venue responsible for me getting sick unless there is, um, like a blatant, like, like a health department. Yeah. Like you go to a restaurant and you get food poisoning because of improperly cleaned, uh, you know, apparatus or whatever. Yeah. That's, it's a different story. If, if you can prove gross negligence, um, and, and them putting you at a greater risk than you otherwise would have assumed in the same situation, in the same size crowd with the so I, I don't know. I think it would be very difficult to to prosecute anything on that yeah. anyway. Um, and I think I think it's just a, a I think it's just a case of them putting another uh, another bit of padding on their ass for protection. You know, yeah. they're, they're just trying to they're just trying to save their own skin uh, in the event that something does happen, which I, I'm sure that they and all of us hope that there's never a reason for that waiver to have existed. Um, but yeah, it just seems like a cover, cover thine own, yeah. uh, behind. Well, and you know, I, it's, it's, you talk about the common cold, you know, like if I go to the mall and I get the flu from, from the mall, that that's t- to me, that's like the normal part of, of operating in your life. Um, if I go to the bathroom in the mall and I catch like MERS, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's it's, a, it's a, different a different story. Thing. Yeah, and and I don't know. It's part of that we're in uncharted territory, um, you know, because I think we all take for granted being able to go to a soccer game. And you know, when when, when I go to a soccer game, when when I go to when I go to a Switchbacks game, I'm more thinking about you know my personal being able to personally manage my own health issues. You know, I think about. Am I going to have, you know, a, a flare up of, of my a nerve attack? You know, um, am I going to be able, how much am I going to be able to walk? How, you know, how much I think about stuff that I can do that I could do that that's 
I control and I have basically it's it's about me. I'm not relying on I rely on the switchbacks to make sure that they have, you know, proper ADA coverage that if I'm in a wheelchair, I can get from my car to my um to my seating area or and which which they've always been the switchbacks have always been good um to me with every ADA request I've made and they've gone, you know, above and beyond uh for me and a lot of other families uh that I know that are uh um, you know, wheelchair bound or mobility, uh, have mobility issues. Um, but now you're, you're accounting for my health is now dependent upon everyone around me and on the team and, and the front office. And, and that's, I don't know, to me, the, and I don't mean to preach here, this whole coronavirus p- pandemic, specifically in this country, I think it's made me at least more aware of how in- interdependent we are on each other. And, you know, while we're very, you know, we all have this individuality complex where, you know, we're all unique individuals. We all have, you know, um, ultimate domain over our bodies and what we do and, you know, uh, in the end, we 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 live in a society where we de- where we depend greatly on our neighbors, our friends, strangers around us um, more than I ever thought we would. I never gave a second thought to the kid that's bagging my groceries. You know, or or you know, I mean, the busboys and the waitresses and the dude delivering my pizza. You never really think, you know, about how interactive, how how dependent we are on each other, and if there's one chain in that one one link in that chain that's broken, just how much everything else is screwed up, and you know, so like I, I order Grubhub, and guy delivers to my door, but it's not wearing a mask, and so you're thinking, okay, is he not wearing a mask because, you know, he's just, you know, a quick thing. Is he doing it because, you know, what are his reasons? And it's making me more aware of the people around me and, and how much we depend on other people. And, um, you know, just being able to depend on other people for actual life and death situations for essential workers. And, you know, basically how essential workers basically meant everybody, um, you know, my wife's an an accountant, uh, but she was considered an essential worker, um, even though she has no contact with the outside world. Um, you know, and I don't know, to, to add into the mix a recreational activity, you know, it's do you want to risk your, not just your life. I mean, for me, it's a life and death situation. For the average person, it's, you know, could, is, could you get sick? Could you, you know, suffer perhaps long-term damage over recreational activity? And, you know, I hate, I hate that we're put in that situation. It really, it, it irks me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I will now step off my soapbox and <laughs> hand it to you. 
Be careful stepping off that soapbox. Yeah, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I will fall down off of my soapbox and I will act like it never happened. Um. (laughs) No, I I think I think you make you make a lot of good points. Um, And uh, as I said before, I think um, in a lot of this, we we're just kind of along for the ride and. I, we, we're all, we're all free to make our own decisions. Um, and as I, as I said earlier on, uh, I, at this point in time, don't think I have any intention of setting foot in a stadium this season. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, I don't know that the game day experience, uh, which I, I cherish and enjoy. Um, and I'm sure the referees will miss, uh, hearing me uh, screaming <laughs> my lungs out at them. Um, but I don't, I don't think missing out on what amounts to maybe eight games of, uh, of game day experience is worth a potential risk to my health, to anyone that I come in contact with, because it's not just, you know, even, even if I wasn't a, uh, a higher risk person with the respiratory issues I have, mm-hmm. the, the, the cascade, the dominate domino effect. Uh, if I get it, I'm then out of work for minimum 14 days. Yeah. Um, my people who have come into contact with me at my office, uh, then may have to go out and get tested. Uh, my, my family, my people that live nearby me in my, in my community, uh, it, it's a, it's the chaos theory, the yeah. butterfly flapping its wings on one side of the world, making a tsunami on the other. Yeah. Uh, well, it, I mean, it's, you know, that's to me, it's not worth the risk when I can, I can comfortably enjoy watching the games on stream from my couch. Um, and I, I can, you know, express my discontent at the referees in text form. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, your wife is a first responder. Okay. Right. So yep. there's a chance that, you know, she might respond. She has way more vulnerability than, than, you know, you or I do vulnerable in that she's interacting with the public in a more intimate basis. But let's suppose she gets it. She's asymptomatic, carries to you. You're asymptomatic. We both show up at games, you know, we wrote, we, you know, do our bro hug, whatever. And then now I got it. And, and it's, it's, you know, not only worrying about the physical people at the match, but everyone they've been in contact with. Um, there, there's just so much risk involved in, in it. And I, I'm, I'm surprised that they, that the players association has agreed to it. Uh, I, I know that, you know, their pay is a big deal and them getting paid for this season, uh, was a large chunk of that. And, uh, one of the agreements was that, that they would not, uh, uh, they would be paid for the full season, even though they're only paying, uh, 16 games in it. So that was a win for them. But, um, man, I hope, I hope they stay safe. I hope them, the referees, the TV crew, um, I, yeah, it's, it's, I hope everyone stays safe. And I, and I, I hope, you know, just for the sake of sports that we don't have to shut this down again. Um, you know, it just seems like, I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it seems like yesterday, you know, when, when we were talking about, you know, the people talking about, you know, there's there's 10 people in Wisconsin or in uh, Washington that that have the coronavirus. 
And, you know, the next thing you know, um, NBA, you know, Oklahoma, the, I was watching the game, the Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Utah Jazz, and the one player who tested positive was essentially the domino that shut everything down. I mean, they, they, that was the first league to shut down. And um, I don't know, I'd hate to see us, you know, July 10th when an entire team becomes positive, you know, somewhere and here we go again. Because if we shut down from this, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that, that, you know, some teams can survive it. Go again in 2021. Yeah, yeah. And it, particularly at the USL uh, championship level and below, um, there are a lot of teams that I, honestly, looking at US, I, I haven't paid too much attention to USL League One um, yeah. below, but I would even believe that some of those teams won't be coming back. Yeah. Um, because they, running a sports franchise, under the best circumstances is a very low margin. Uh, very often teams operate at a loss for their first decade. Yeah. Uh, if they even make it that far, um, until they, they establish the fan base and establish the, the advertising and merchandise sales and, and actually bring money back. So when you consider these smaller teams who rely solely on the gate and and merchandise sold in person um some of them may not afford to come back yeah and some of the players some of the players who at that level probably working working a full-time job and playing pro slash semi-pro soccer um they may not be able to fiscally justify trying making another go at professional soccer as, as a profession um, so yeah, I, man, once is, once is bad enough. I don't, I don't want to even think about the consequences of a second shutdown. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hope and pray that we don't have to find out. Yeah. Well, and you know, the pay it's the, the right now, the, the league minimum is $2,000 a month, um, which over a year and granted they don't play the entire year, but over over that amount equals a, around nine dollars an hour, uh, assuming a full time job, uh, assuming you know you work over a year. Minimum wage in Colorado is twelve bucks an hour. Twelve. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, these guys could be flipping burgers and making more money than what they're doing now. And granted, you know they do are in you know a, uh, a lot of them are in dorm housing, um, you know, which is which is paid for at the league at the team expense but you know we're so usl uh league one uh league two is pretty much amateur um but you know it's rough and th things i learned uh that I, I took for granted there's no there there's no uh profit sharing uh in the usl like there is in mls or other major league teams uh you know when when the NFL signs a TV deal for fifteen billion dollars with with, with a, a thing, players get a chunk of that. It goes to each of the teams, and then that's taken into you know the revenue. And the league doesn't have all that. Uh, and um, you know, the, I did I did see a situation uh, or see, saw news a couple weeks ago where the league 
uh, was distributing emergency funding to every team. Uh, and it ended up being like $165,000 to each team, which may not sound like a lot, but I mean, that alone would cover the switchbacks if they chose to, would, would, would cover, you know, their, uh, their payroll. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the USL has a lot to do to change, to change all that. I, you know, one of the, one of the uh, downs, one of the the barriers to teams dropping out of this at this time, is that there's a you know there's a uh, a poison pill clause in the contract, where you can't you know you have to feel a team or you must give up, you know you have to pay five million dollars uh, a year you know the year you drop out or if the franchise folds you know you have you you this was the problem with Fresno is that they. They couldn't fold because to exit the league, you they had to pay five to fifteen million dollars, and that's why they sold the franchise to Miami. Um, yep. So you know, there's there's a lot that the USL can do um, to make things better for the teams, uh, and I think I think seeing what the coronavirus has done and where the weak spots are, um, I'm hoping this will improve. The planning for 2021 and for the players, you know, for for the the dozens and dozens and dozens of players that you know we've watched play over the five years that that the team has been here, and we've learned, uh, you know, we we've grown to love them, and and you know they've almost become you know extended family for a lot of people. Thank God they have the union, because can you imagine if they didn't have it right now and. I mean, the, the league would, it would, it would be a nightmare. It, it would, would be a nightmare. Yeah. And so I think the players should, you know, I, obviously the players are grateful to have a union, but man, if this had happened in 2016, um, I think it probably would have folded the league uh, because, you know, no player is going to play in that situation. So coronavirus, y'all. Uh, it's it's uh, not good. Um, so they, I, uh, I don't know if you saw the the recent uh, T-shirt design from Bruisers. I uh, did. I need to. I need to send. Uh, <laughs> I needed. I need to to put my put my name in the. Hey, I need one of those because that's a. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, the Bruisers one one of the supporters group making up jerseys with the Bruisers logo on front and on the back it says uh, uh, F COVID and then the number nineteen. Um, which I'm all about. You know, I got I got a scarf that was basically you know, f coronavirus. Which yep. when I'm bored, I've actually taken gone out to my patio out back and just held it up to cars passing by <laughs> to let them know just how annoyed I am, just how you feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I'll be glad when this is over or at least ha- handled. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully now that we're officially halfway through 2020, um, God, I'm not even going to say it. Not even going to jinx yeah, it. Nope, yeah. Don't even, don't, don't just keep that to just, yourself. Yeah. So, uh, boy, I think that's about it. Is there anything else you want to add? I, I don't, I don't think so. I didn't, I don't realize we've been going for, uh, almost an hour and a half now. So, yeah. uh. Well, you know, this is the I guess we this is called this is our pre preseason 
edition? Post Technically, this would be our post preseason. Post post preseason pre reseason. Uh pre reseason. Well, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, it would be like a like maybe a reboot. Re- yeah, preseason like, reboot. Yeah, um preboot. Preboot. Hopefully we're like a Battlestar Galactica reboot and that the reboot was better than the original um, and not like a Lost in Space reboot where the Oof. the reboot Oof. was just stupid. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, All righty. Well, hopefully we will have a post game. Uh, the, the July 4th game, uh, we're not covering because there's not going to be any TV coverage. Um, hope since, since we're playing ourselves, I imagine we'll probably win. And I hope <laughs> if there's any, if there's any team that could find a way to lose to themselves, uh, <laughs> what, what happens if both sides of this scrimmage score own goals, own um, goals? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, hopefully everyone stays uh, fit. Everyone, there's no injuries, and we can look forward to whoever we're playing, whenever we're playing it, um, and hope we do a good job. Um, the good news is that out of out of the four teams that we could be, or the three other teams we could be stuck with, uh, with the exception of El Paso, the numbers seem to be in a stable place. I know we're going up a little bit, but you know. We're not going to be closing anything down soon. I don't. I can't foresee. Knock on wood. Um, yeah. So, on that note, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, if you're still with us, thanks a lot. Um, if you give, it, tell you what, tweet me the code word uh, reboot, and uh, I'll send a back chat sticker to whoever. To the first couple of people who do, just to prove that you stuck with prove us, prove that you stuck with us for, for the this, whole time. For the whole time. Uh, otherwise, we will see you uh, next time we see you. Whenever, um, man, that we can't. Pi- huh. Anyway, thanks for listening, y'all. My name's Jason. I'm Paul, and we'll see you when we see you. Bye. Stay safe.